Steps on, going for Fitzgerald, touchdown Arizona. David Johnson off to the races. He will score, touchdown Arizona. And it is Patrick Peterson who comes up with the spectacular interception. In a week where we weren't completely destroyed by the Baltimore Ravens and discovered that Cliff Kingsbury passes his time off the field by watching Peaky Blinders, I guess by the order of the Peaky Blinders, you should continue listening to episode 75 of the British Bird Gang Breakdown. <laughs> As always, I'm Tom and I'm joined by Callum to break down the latest game and to brag about my fantasy football victory over him this past weekend. Oh, I thought we were going to get through the intro without you mentioning that. I could get it in there as many times as possible. Yeah, I know, I know. This this recording is basically punishment for me. I mean, I won't go on it too much, you know. It wasn't that much of a win. No, I th- it was close. It could have gone either way at the end there. I, I I'm a bit disappointed by that loss. I thought I could have played quite well there. Um, although so a loss that I am not disappointed at is the Cardinals' loss from this weekend. I don't know about you, Tom, but that is the best I've felt about a lost football game in a couple of years. Yeah, to be fair, it was a decent loss. And, you know, at 23-17 to the Ravens, it was closer than many anticipated, especially when they handicapped us at plus 13.5 points. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, nobody would have called it being this close. Um, I think that that's both because of our defense and offense stepping up, and I'm really happy with it. You know, definitely better than any of the 2018 losses um, by a long, long shot. And I feel an improvement over the draw with the Lions. Yeah, I mean, we're just getting better week by week, aren't we, as the players get like more used to the new system. Yeah, and I think as well a lot of it is Kyler Murray kind of settling into playing in the pros. You know, last week um, against the Lions, that was his first first NFL game, and I can imagine that would have come with a lot of distractions. But this week, despite the fact that it was an away week, um, I think he handled it admirably. And also last week he had four passes batted down. This week I don't think he had any. Or if he did, it was only just one. And no interceptions either. At least he's keeping the ball secure and all that. I think we've we've struggled in a lot of situations. There's more three and outs, like the you know, just complete three and outs than I would like to be seeing. Um there's definitely, definitely room for improvement. But the Ravens are a good side. I think the Ravens are a solid championship side this year. Momentum is a thing. Um, as Terrell Suggs was saying this week, momentum's a real thing. And those guys were coming off a fifty plus point win against the Dolphins. So to hold them to twenty three and to score a fair few points on them. I'm happy with that. And there was actually a point where we could have actually won it had we taken our chances a bit more. I think there's several points in that game where we could have won it, really. Um, you know, the last quarter, the we had two three and outs. We um, had them pinned back for a, a, a third and 11, I think it was, before that amazing Lamar Jackson pass to, Mar- to Hollywood Brown. And that, you know, that was a game-winning pass right there. And really, that ball could have it could have quite easily been in, you know, an incomplete pass. Yeah, that was a really good throw. That was it was an unbelievably good throw, and I think to kind of lose on a play like that is a pretty admirable play to lose on. 
There's not many cornerbacks in the NFL would have been able to break that play up. Petey would have done, but you know, he's on the sidelines somewhere. Yeah, maybe an elite level corner would have been able to break that up. But here's, you know, that's an additional thing to look forward to in this coming season, isn't it? Is like, we're only going to get better at cornerback in a few weeks. Hopefully we'll get better at like first and second down as well over that time because far too many times we just like getting nothing or when we do get something, the very next play, it's either like a flag or Kyler gets sacked or the play goes nowhere, you know. No, I have to agree with you. It seems like we're relying on third down far too often. And yeah, the flags, the flags have been killing us. I think there's been some... I think for the most part, the flags have been fair calls from the referees, but there's definitely been a few where I think it's the start of the season syndrome where the refs are trying to make a point and get tough on specific things to kind of prove that that's what the NFL cares about this year. I was surprised to hear that for the first time in his career, Larry Fitzgerald has 100 receiving yards in back-to-back games. That was a surprising stat to me. Considering he's been playing for like 20-odd years. (laughs) <laughs> well not quite 20 but six this is his 16th career year um oh no sorry did you when you mean career you don't mean nfl career right you mean college career as well and high school career no i think it's just nfl career because i'm pretty sure he put up big numbers at pittsburgh he did yeah but you know he's put up big numbers for the cardinals before as well he's had some good solid years there but wow did i underestimate his use this season Never had back-to-back 100-yard games, so that's just crazy. I mean, a 100-yard game is a solid game, right? It is, yeah, especially when we've got so many other options. Yeah, and here's the other thing as well, is that Fitz spent a lot of his career with, um, shall we say, patchy quarterbacking. Yeah, to be fair, he's not had the best, has he? He's not had the best run, and you know this is why we talk about why Fitz is never going to be number one all-time on a lot of these NFL records, because... The likes of Jerry Rice had, you know, solid quarterbacking throughout his whole career. And Larry Fitzgerald has had to play with, well, you know, even going right the way back, he's got like Jake Plummer and people like that he's played with. Rich Bartel, yep. Brian St. Pierre, Max Hall, Ryan Lindley. I mean, you get the picture. Sam Bradford. Yeah, absolutely. Josh Rosen. But... Josh Rosen, yeah. I mean, I think. Um, in in a lot of ways, that's not a not a surprising stat, but just given how prolific Larry's been, I think it's amazing to to see that that's you know that's a record that he's breaking for himself. And also, it's also a bit weird to see as well that most of them are coming on like plays down the field, like thirty forty yards. Well, he had a forty plus yard. Uh, in fact, if in, on the past two games, he has had four forty plus yard catches. That's incredible. That's incredible for a man of his age. I believe he leads the league in that category as well. It does, yeah. And, you know, this is from Fitz, who for the last two years, the last two seasons, we've been seeing, um, you know, first Bruce Arians and then Steve Wilkes bring him inside to the slot and not send him downfield and, you know, give him these short, easy catches to be going for. And it's fantastic to see that Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray are utilizing him and, and you know showing that he can still do this i think it's fair to say as well that he wasn't the only wide receiver that stood out christian kirk had a very good game it's definitely at least for me the way it feels is that kyler murray's reads go is number 11 open if not then where's number 13 you know it's like he's definitely feels like he's you know next man up in terms of preference to throw to 
Also, Keyshawn Johnson and Demir Bird made a few decent catches themselves. It's fair to say as well that Keyshawn Johnson and Demir Bird also chipped in with some crucial catches of their own. Absolutely. Um, particularly Demir Bird stood out to me. Um, you know, that speed and that route running has been fantastic over the last couple of games. And I think he was, you know, excellent in this game as well. He also stood out on a kick return as well when he was on the six-yard line. Good job, man. Yeah, <laughs> good job, man. Um, no, absolutely. I think um, as terms of a receiving core, we could we couldn't be asking for for you know much more of these guys at the moment. I would like to see more Andy Isabella though. That would be nice, yeah. But here's the thing as well: is that there's there's a reason in a way that we're seeing a lot of names popping up at the moment. And that's because I think the Cardinals lead the league in number of snaps with four wide. And that's to say that we have like 90 snaps, I think, with four wide. And the rest of the league combined has 60. And that's just through two games as well. That's just mental. It is absolutely insane. And, you know, we're, we're really utilizing this system and really getting all these wide receivers out. But yeah, I think Andy Isabella is one of the names I haven't heard so much around. He was inactive this past weekend, though, due to Michael Crabtree being like more up to speed. Um, and Cra- well, Crabtree wasn't um, wasn't one of the sort of favoured names either this weekend. But I think, as you know, additionally, he was being covered quite well as well. I think he made a couple of catches, but nothing too special. No, it, it, there was a lot of churning catches. I think, and of course, with us talking about passing, that means Kyler Murray had a big game. And he became only the second rookie quarterback to throw for 300 plus yards in their first two starts. The other one being 2011 Cam Newton. That's good company to be in there. I would say that this is surprising no one in a way. You know, like the the big difference I think that Kyler Murray has here, and there's there's two th- two factors at play for me here. One is the trend at the moment to bring in rookie QBs and start them year one. And that's happening more and more across the league now. And I think that that kind of contributes to these guys getting more reps and it's a more accepted thing to do and all of that sort of stuff. Um, But the other one is uh, that Kyler Murray has been playing in this system since the age of 15. So he has hit the ground running in a way that I don't think any other NFL rookie QB would have ever done. I mean, we should also point out as well that no quarterback has ever gone three games with that stat. So, you know, Kyler could become the first to do that this weekend. Is that in their first games or...? Yeah, in their first three games, that is. I was going to say, because that would, that would be odd otherwise, but yeah. Um, so I, I could see that. Um, well, we've got a game preview coming up in the end, but um, that could be an interesting one. And also to add to that statistic, he's the only quarterback to ever have 25-plus completions over their first two games. Um, Yeah, I, I, you know, it's been... Um, it's just oddly specific, isn't it? As always. <laughs> well, all these stats tend to be. But, I mean, the completion percentage was one of my favourite, most improved stats this week. Um, You know, it's, it went up significantly, and it felt like it went up significantly. And last but not least on Kyler Murray, he won our player of the game poll this week, taking 44% of the vote over Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, and Zane Gonzalez. I'm not 100% sure that I would I would give um, Kyler the player of the game tag this, this week. You know, I'm, I'm thinking um, it could be uh, even Byron Murphy. Yeah, 
I suppose I could see that, but I mean, you couldn't say a wide receiver because without Kyler Murray, they're not putting the numbers up, are they? It's difficult to say because, I mean, player of the game would always be quarterback in that case because otherwise we wouldn't score any points. Well, I mean, wait till the end of the season awards when Kyler Murray wins everything. He might just do. He might even win special teams player of the year. Who knows? We might have to have a separate category for them, for him, you know, just to kind of make things um, more even on everyone else. Non-Kyler Murray awards, yeah. Yeah, like he's not allowed to do it. He might even win Defensive Player of the Year, who knows, because people are sort of saying like, oh, well, he kept the defense off the field. Speaking of defense, we'll move on to some praise for them. And Byron Murphy had another solid outing. Apparently he gave up just one reception for 11 yards in the whole game. And I think that was through something like six targets as well, which is good going, really. Yeah, definitely can't complain about how he's been playing. And, you know, the thing is, as well, when you start hearing, you know, oh, six targets, you've got to remember as well how often he is putting off being targeted, and that's him doing his job even better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when Patrick Peterson comes back, he's obviously going to get a few more targets than that. Well, because he'll be moved down to be in cornerback too, which means that, you know, Patrick Peterson's going to take and, you know, cover um, wide receiver one more, more effectively. I mean, I'm excited to see Patrick Peterson back with Byron Murphy and also Robert Olford. That'll be a decent group, that will. I think, yeah, this is that will be the strongest we've been since we were uh, the no-fly zone a few years ago. I, I'd argue maybe stronger. I I think, you know, back then we had um, we had Tyron, Tyron the Traitor as well, you know, and, and all that stuff going on. So I think there was... But admittedly, this time we could have two strong sides at cornerback as opposed to just one. So it could be interesting. If you want a really, really obscure statistic from this game, for the first time since the NFL moved the goalposts in 1974, the Arizona Cardinals became the first team to ever kick three field goals inside the five-yard line when trailing a game. <sighs> okay, now that is getting obscure right there. I think, I think the more qualifiers you put on one of these statistics, the weirder it gets. Um, and this one has a lot of qualifiers on it. It does bring up a good point, though. Would you have gone for it? Or do you think they were wise to stay with the field goals? I've got my answer. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of split on this. I, I think in every circumstance when they kicked a field goal, I think they were wise to do it. Because at each of those circumstances, it was bringing us into a one-score game, which I think is when you, you know, when it makes most sense to do it. Um, and even if we'd gone for it, we would have still been trailing, I think, in most of those circumstances. So I'm I'm quite happy with the play calling on taking a um, field goal there. I feel like you've nicked my tweet here. Because I, well, it's not a tweet, but I sent a message out saying it was 7 nothing. So we made the kick, which made it 7-3, a one-score game. At 10-3, we kicked another field goal, making it 10-6. That's still a one-score game. And then at 17-6, we kicked another field goal to make it an eight-point game, which is still technically a one-score game. Yeah, see, I, I figured that was pretty much the the standard for it. And, and in that case, it would really be a dumb idea to go for it. Um, I know it would narrow the gap, but in each case, you would still be trailing, right? Yeah, you'd still be trailing. But I mean, like, say the last one, we don't go for that. Well, we don't take the field goal. We go for the touchdown and don't get it. You're 11 points behind then, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And that really makes it um, 
I think that changes the attitude that the offense takes the field with at that point as well. You, you would prefer touchdowns, obviously, as a fan, but you know. Of course, yeah. Of course. The bigger picture is you've got to be still in a game to actually win it. I wasn't too worried about the um, the field goals, but I was worried about one of our uh, punts. One of our punts. I, I, I apologize because last year, I think, I, last year, last week, I think I was calling it the coward index. It is the surrender index um, on Twitter. And one of our one of our punts this week registered 91% on the surrender index of all of the punts thus far this season. So uh, I'm not too happy when we're, hunting in a situation when we really could have just gone for it. Is that a bad thing being in the 91%? It is, yeah. It's, it's the 100% would be the most cowardly kick of the season. All oh, right, okay. Um, yeah. And 90, 91% means we were in the top 10% of, of all the punts this season um, in terms of how cowardly it was or how, how much of a surrender it was. And I believe it was the one that we punted on fourth and one. Yeah. Okay. Which, again, there's, there's good reasons to decide it, but I think in a game when we, again, really didn't get into it until the fourth quarter. It could have helped us build a bit of momentum to get a first down there. I think it's a shame, really, that both of us agreed on going for the field goal, so because, you know, could have been a good discussion there. Someone could have been completely wrong and been like, yeah, we should have scored touchdowns all the time. But, you know, we're, we're sensible ones. Someone else wouldn't have been. The thing is, is like, when it comes to the field goals... If we had shown premise in being able to punch it in at that distance, then absolutely. You know, like if we had, was it 2015 David Johnston that was spectacularly good? That was his big year. Yeah. If we had 2015 David Johnston, I would have been saying, yeah, we absolutely need to go for it because I can trust him to punch it in from the one. But frequently, thus far in the red zone, we've been a bit of a, you know, it's been not, great efficiency generally which is why we're in that kicking situation in the first place and so i'd rather take you know zane gonzalez who's been money all season by the way i'd rather take him and take three points there than you know um over over egg it and and miss yeah well he's seven for seven so far this season i think he's kicked the most yep. field goals in the nfl which i mean isn't surprising when he's had so many opportunities He's had so many opportunities, but the thing is, is like these chip shots, they're far from certain at that point. There's, it's like, it does take a certain different skill to be able to kick it in at that distance. Well, they are just basically extra points though, aren't they? Around the 20 yard line. That's, so. that's true. Yeah. But I'm, I'm talking about the ones from within the five yard line. Yeah. But like by the time that's snapped, that's still a 21 yard field goal. That That's true actually. Yeah. So it is basically an extra point. Maybe a little bit further, you know, make it that little bit more difficult or not. Yeah, if you're going to want to say, let's go for it every time we're on fourth and one at the goal line, then you need to have better efficiency than we have at the moment. And you need to stop playing that play, Kyler Murray, which is a little lazy um, flick over to the left to Larry Fitzgerald when he's always in double coverage because it doesn't work. It's just like the John Brown jump ball just doesn't work absolutely there's a there's a few sort of little plays that for me keep popping up in the in the end zone and i've yet to see them work and i'm a little bit concerned as to why we keep going for the same plays you say about efficiency but we are two and oh on two point conversions so there's some efficiency there that's true and and i do enjoy the fact that we're going for two point conversions as well i think that that 
you know that shows that we're not just um pussyfooting around here proper college offense the whole ravens game was saturday football right that was it was college football in a lot of ways just without as good an atmosphere yeah, just with that as good. Oh, I, I, you know, credit to the Ravens fans. I think they they were quite quite good atmosphere wise and quite um, nice with uh, T. Sizzle being back in the house as well. I saw he got a bit of a cheer when he came out onto the field, and I, I saw he got a bit of you know a nice um, standard ovation and stuff when he was leaving the field and all of that. So that was nice. Yeah, and to be fair, it was a decent game to watch, uh, unlike most of ours were last year. That was it. Was one of the most entertaining Cardinals games I've seen in a long time, and I know I said that about the Lions game last week, but this one felt like proper football. It felt like both sides were putting up a good fight, and the Lions game was a bit more of a, uh, you know, who's going to make a mistake first kind of match. It was it was good football. It was entertaining. Maybe it's just Cliff Kingsbury's offense is just that entertaining to watch. It's possible, yeah, and and you know the thing is is. Although I would say that the first two quarters were a bit more difficult to watch, once they started to get going, I was, you know, rooted to the screen. It was it was excellent football. It was really fun to watch. It would just be nice if it was a little bit more consistent across the game. Maybe they'll manage that on Sunday? Well, given the current rate of improvement that we have, if we can keep it up, then Carolina better watch out. Yeah, but before we get on to that game preview, we've got the Birdgang Bowl to talk about. Although I don't really want to talk about the actual Bird Gang Bowl for me, because it was another loss, sadly. Yep, I think I'm in the same boat as you. How did you get on? Well, I'm 0-2 now, bottom of the league. You know, maybe I should just give up. That's not a bad situation to be in, I, like only having lost two games. Given some of the uh, losing streaks I've had, I would be quite thankful if I were you. So yeah, week two wasn't very good for me. I lost 168.46 to 126.46. Ooh, that's quite a bad loss. I had nobody scoring many points, really. I think my highest point scorer was Brandon Cooks with 16, closely followed by Kyla Murray with 16. That's not, not particularly great. Not when your opponent scored 28, 25, 22... Those are yeah, those are big scores. Yeah, uh, just not my day. <laughs> well, not my week. Not my year. <laughs> Whatever. I let's get into the front song. Well, I mean, uh, it's never my year. Um, and once again, I've I've fallen to zero two uh, in the bird gang ball. I would say that I put in a pretty good performance this week. I lost one hundred and forty three point nine six to one hundred and sixty three point six two. So you know, it was re- reasonably close. But I was rubbing my little hands with glee together when I saw that, you know, I had Patrick Mahomes who scored, you know, nearly 32 points. And Marcus, my opponent, had Drew Brees who scored minus half a point. He's also minus half of fun as well now. Yeah, jeez, man. Whatever he's done. But I thought I'd be away with that. And then, no, uh, you know, Marcus had Travis Kelsey and a couple other, you know, big... uh, Golladay and you know a couple other big names and I also had you know some zero pointers out there and, and half a pointer and it was not not pretty so I suspect that I'll need to be hitting the waivers wires quite hard in Bird Gang Bowl 5 this week. Just to try and get some save some face I suppose for the rest of the season. Pretty much yeah and and to do, also there's some guys that do you ever like release somebody onto the waiver wires to punish them because I do that occasionally. What, is it in a player? Yeah, just like... Just because you haven't done any good well. Yeah, just uh, almost out of spite. 
you're just like no damn it you, you're i know you're you know there's something wrong but like you're getting released out of spite no i've never done that i always really i end up releasing players i want to keep yeah. and then when i've actually released them they have a really big game and someone else gets them instead yeah i've done that plenty of times before as well all right well i was gonna say shall we get it over with because you and i played i think our first ever fantasy match against each other we did, yes, in the British Bird Gang Dynasty League. Three teams remain unbeaten, including me, after my victory over Callum this past week. 158.88. 0. 0.66, I'll have you know. To Callum's 140.66. That extra 0. 0.6 makes it a little less embarrassing, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> hey, I'm ju- I just want it to be correct. That's my main thing. No, I, I, it was a close match. There was um there were some surprises and you know I uh, I thought that it could have gone either way it went down to Monday night really yeah because you had uh what's his name Joe Showbit he scored thirteen points but I I had Le'Veon Bell and he managed nineteen point nine yeah which is uh you know I obviously wasn't the final amount of um of points that was needed but it it could have made the difference yeah if you look at the projections though I'm was about 18 points ahead of my projection whereas you were 34 points below yours yeah well i think my heavy reliance on the saints offense definitely um hamstrung me there i had alvin kamara in who fell you know nearly 20 points behind his projections i had um i think i did i have ted ginnon or was that in my other league um yeah, yeah, Ted Ginn and Albert Wilson both scoring yeah, nothing. Yeah, Ted Ginn scored an egg. I put Albert Wilson in. My my genuine thinking with this was that he might get some garbage time points. Um, but no, the 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 Patriots did not let up on the Dolphins. So that was that then. Shocking. I was, and I thought they even got like one point, you know, just for one reception. But not even that. I mean, the Saints, the I keep calling them the the Pats defense ended on like thirty seven fantasy points or something crazy like that. Yeah, they were high scores in quite a lot of leagues this week. They were, yeah, big, big, big players. Um, and uh, yeah, that would have been a good one to have, I think. Oh well, I we I believe because of the size of the league, we will meet each other again uh, in that league during this season. I believe we will, and hopefully the result will still be the same. I doubt it. Because I've got some, as I said, I've got some waiver wire tinkering to do. And my pride has been bruised and it shall not remain bruised. We shall see. <laughs> well, speaking of um, speaking of we shall see, shall we get on to a game preview for next week? Yes, yeah, so for this Sunday at 9.05pm, we've got the Carolina Panthers at the Arizona Cardinals. For, for me... Carolina is one of the toughest games on the schedule, not just because I think they're a good team, but also because um, historically over the last few years, we have really, really struggled against them. Well, I mean, you were talking about your ego being bruised in fantasy football. How about theirs in real life that with them being 0-2 for the season? Oh, that is true. Yeah, they are a, a shocker 0-2. Um, probably them and the Steelers, I think, would be the biggest, some of the biggest shocks in terms of their um, overall record. Yeah, they have lost to the LA Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the first two weeks. One of those is a good team. The other one, eh, 
not really a good team. Not so much, not so much. Just say it as it is. Yeah, well, um, yeah, the the, the Rams, I, I wouldn't begrudge anyone losing to the Rams. I think they're an excellent team. I think they're a championship team again this year. But the Buccaneers, though, I think is a, is a bit more of a shameful loss. And there's also the chance he could have lost Cam Newton for a couple of weeks with him potentially being unavailable due to injury. That is an interesting prospect. That will definitely be changing the... Um, it'll be changing the, the potential of how this game's going to go big time because he is absolutely not just because he's the quarterback but because he is such a team leader and a huge part of that offense and has been for the past eight years uh, i think that'll be a big loss for them if they don't get him healthy in time he hasn't looked his usual self so far this season too many passes being way off target you know just not been the cam newton of old and I believe his runs have been quite quite significantly snubbed um, compared to what he was doing a few years ago as well. He probably just left them to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, that's absolutely which is true. not a surprise, really. No, but that being said, you know he was he was a big time scramble QB um, a few years ago, and and he's definitely not been up to that so far this year. But that being said, I don't think that's a reason to underestimate this Panthers team. Well, I mean, over the past. The Cardinals have ended up losing their last three games versus the Panthers. Um, including, you don't uh, have to mention that game. Well, I was going to say that I wasn't going to mention the scoreline as horrible as it was. I was going to say it was a it was an NFC um, semi-final and an NFC championship game, right? Don't recall that one. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we wiped that one from the record when we covered it on the podcast, didn't we? We said that it never existed. Yeah, the last win we had over them came in 2013. And we also trail 11-5 all-time against the Carolina Panthers. I mean, that's a long series to be had. That's a, that's an entire season worth of um, Panthers games. And I was going 5-11, you know, typical. Well, I mean, if we go 5-11 and 11 this season, as I said, I'll be happy. This could be one of the five, though, I think. I think it's, it really, for me, could go either way. I still think the Panthers are a formidable team. I think their defense is, is really good. And I think their offense isn't to be underestimated. And, you know, despite their record, I have a feeling they really could go off. So I'm not I'm not altogether confident that this is going to be a definite win. Yeah, I'm not putting it into stone or anything like that just yet. Although the stone is on order. <laughs> we, we will have to do that pretty soon because we've got predictions coming up. But in the meantime, um, I see you've got something about Kyler Murray chasing history. Yeah, it's a stat that I mentioned earlier on about no quarterback ever throwing for 300-plus yards in their first three games in the NFL. So he could be the first ever. And, and you know, it's, it's a home game as well, which I think definitely helps with the offense. You know, last last week the um, offense was, or sorry, this week the offense was struggling with a bit with the crowd noise and a little bit with communication and snap timing and these sort of things. And hopefully that won't be an issue at home this, this week because hopefully there's going to be plenty of actual Cardinals fans in the stadium not making noise when the offense is on. It depends how many of them sold tickets to the Carolina fans. You know how they're like. To be fair, it's a, it's quite a long journey to come over from Carolina, I think. So it might be might not be too um too filled with them. We can hope. The less Carolina fans the better. <laughs> but yes, with Cam Newton, if he's potentially unavailable, it'll probably be Kyle Allen starting. I don't think I've ever seen a full game with Kyle Allen playing. Well, he is an Arizona-born quarterback, so I think that's the tenuous link we've got to him, really. Sort of local boy. 
local boy you want to see destroyed. <laughs> well, I, I think it could be an interesting, at this point as well, there's no news about Cam Newton, right? They're, they're keeping that, they won't release that until the injury reports come out. The latest news we've got on Tuesday evening is that he didn't practice today. So, which I think is is not surprising for your quarterback when he's injured. You know, like regardless of whether or not he's going to play, I think you you don't put him in practice just so you don't exacerbate the injury at that point. But I guess that means that it's serious enough that he's still injured today, at least enough for them to be concerned about him practicing. Yeah, and to be fair, they have actually had a few days extra the Nuts have a need to prepare with them playing on Thursday night football. They, they did play on Thursday night and actually I mean that's even worse if you think about it because that means that all through the weekend he's still not been able to heal up. Probably too busy out buying scarves and stuff. You know? <laughs> nice um, sort of crepe shoes and velvet trousers and things. Yeah he's he's, he's a character I'll give him that. Absolutely. But I, w- I wouldn't wear anything he wears. <laughs> I couldn't pull it off to be fair. Wouldn't want to pull it off to be fair. <laughs> Only to pull it off and chuck it in the bin somewhere. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm excited for this game. I think, uh, like the Ravens game, win or loss, it'll be good football to watch. It's always nice to see a home game as well. So, uh, and, and I believe actually the last three games versus Carolina, um, all those losses have been in Carolina as well. So it'd be nice to bring them to our house. And plus we'll be able to watch NFL Red Zone for the first few games as well, which is good. That is nice. I do miss it when I when I'm just watching the Cardinals. Although Game Pass this year has picture in picture, I just find it difficult to see on my tiny tiny TV. Get a bigger bigger TV then. I, I think I need to invest in a big old TV. One of them ones they have at the Cardinals Stadium, maybe you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Or even the Dallas Cowboys Stadium one. <laughs> I'm sure they've got one going to spare. I'm sure they do. I can probably find one. Maybe we should get a British Bird Gang seat and just rotate it around all of us. What, the stadium? We'll buy a season pass and, you know, everybody chips in a bit and then you get a lottery pulled for however, whichever weeks might be yours. Or we sell tickets. Or we sell so tickets. That's what everyone does. Touts and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we get into some predictions, though, before we predict about touting and stuff and get shut down? You, you can go first, though, because I haven't actually thought through what a scoreline might be yet. Okay, so for a scoreline, I'm going to go with 23-17 Arizona. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. I do think this will be our first win of the season. Even with Cam Newton in there, if it's not Cam Newton, I think they might not score as many. I think the the scoreline I would like to see would be something like 17-10. And the reason I'd like to see that is in that I include two honest-to-God real touchdowns and a field goal. Um, And for them, I give them one touchdown and a field goal. I think that I I still think there's a good good chance we've got it, we're going to lose this, but I am an optimist, um, and I'd like to see us improve to one and one and one. Who wouldn't want to be one one and one? Well, it's just like pleasant, you know. I know it's like you can't be that all the time or ever. One one and one. One one and one. It's probably very very uncommon. Do you think Kyle Murray will get his three hundred yards? Oh, that's tricky. I, I mean, I'd purposefully given us a low score because I think the Panthers' defense is really good. That I think 300 yards and only putting it in for two touchdowns would potentially be a bit disappointing. Um, But, yeah, I, I'm going to give it to him, but, like, by a hair. You know, like 304 yards or something like that. Get a garbage town completion. 
to Larry Fitzgerald. Something like that. Yeah, like a little dump off to him of like two, three yards to push it into to record-breaking territory. Go for a kneel down, but fake the kneel. Easy. <laughs> Proper what the sportsman like, obviously, but, you know, who cares? Getting that record. If it's for a record, and, and you know, the, the best thing now, I, I would say, is that I'm no longer concerned about Larry getting his record or keeping his streak alive of number of games with a reception because it just is going to happen now. You know, there's no, there's no like, oh, we need to make sure we target Larry in this half because we're targeting Larry all the time. Well, um, I think against Baltimore, wasn't it like the third play? He got it, first catch. It was, yeah. It was really, really early on in the game. You should just do it first play, get out of the way. Yeah, yeah, and then just resolve the tension, you know. If you haven't liked us on Facebook, go like us at facebook.com forward slash British Bird Gang. Or join the group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash British Bird Gang. Or join in on Twitter and follow us at British Bird Gang. What if I really wanted a British Bird Gang t-shirt? I suppose you could go to britishbirdgang.tmail.com and, you know, maybe buy one of the old designs we've got. If you haven't already bought one, which I'm sure you haven't. I might need to replace mine because I've just, I've worn it out. We'll take the money. (laughs) As always, thanks for listening and join us again next week for another episode. And hopefully we'll be breaking down uh, a cheeky win against the Panthers. When we go to 1-1-1. Yeah, for the first one of the season. But until then, thanks for listening and cheerio. See ya.